Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Emily with Rooted Leather. Emily is a wife and a mom of three and she also makes these extra special leather bags uh, that each have a special meaning to them and I will let you hear what that meaning is when we get to the full interview. But before that, I'm actually releasing today's episode a day early releasing it on Thursday, July 4th instead of Friday, July 5th, so that I can wish you all a happy 4th of July, and I hope you're being safe. And to give you all an extra special thank you for listening to the podcast. Really, truly, you don't know what it means to me that each and every one of you listen and provide feedback and share it with your friends, and that you enjoy these stories just as much as I do. So truly, truly, thank you so much. Um, and so with no further ado, here is Emily with Rooted Leather. Emily, can you just get started with uh, an introduction about yourself? Like what kind of things you like to make? What do you do about your family life? Sure. Yeah. Um, so my name is Emily Jones and I, um, run Rooted Leather. I make leather handbags from full grain leather right out of my home. Um, I had the idea a few years ago, um, just because I was, I have three boys who are eight and six and four now. So at the time they were probably six, four and two and going through their clothes and sorting hand-me-downs and feeling really sentimental about some pieces of just t-shirts and sweaters and jammies that they all three wore and feeling really tied emotionally to some of these things. And didn't know what to do to keep them and preserve them and use them. I just couldn't throw away some of the things or give them away. Um, So I had the idea to use them inside of a bag as a liner. So my customers will send me their baby's onesie or a baby blanket or grandpa's flannel or husband's tie or a bridesmaid dress, you name it. And then I'll take that and use that inside of a leather bag for them. So that is what I do. My mom helps ship my products when they're done and she cuts all my leather for me. She has a big workbench in her basement. She's a big part of my little business. And um, outside of that, I'm a stay-at-home mom to my boys. Um, Michael will be in third grade in the fall. Jack will be in first grade. And then I have one more year at home with my Max, who's our baby, um, before he'll head off to kindergarten. And I'm a, um, my husband, we've been married for be 11 years in a couple of weeks. His name is Michael. And um, we live in Sylvania, Ohio, which is a suburb of Toledo, Ohio. Awesome. First of all, like, I totally love that idea. And 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, and totally get it because I'm actually going through like the same pains right now of like getting rid of some of, you know, like clothes that it's like, okay, number yeah. three, not going to have a number three. So need to um, right. kind of like get rid of stuff. But there are just some things that I'm like, I can't bring myself to get rid of. So I um, know um, <laughs> it's amazing how like little memories get wrapped up in some of that stuff. It's just, it feels kind of silly at times, but it's real. Like it's very real to me. Like the emotions tied to some of their things that, you know, I just couldn't part with. So I'm yeah, glad you get it. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah. get it. And I love that it's like basically like a multi-generational like business uh, too. Yeah. You know, it's, that's awesome. It's been fun working with my mom. Yeah, super cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so let's go back a little bit. What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? What were your interests? Yeah, so I am from, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My, um, we traveled a little bit um, when I was young, moved around. But when we, when I turned five, right about to start kindergarten, we moved to Toledo and um, live over in southern Toledo. So I live up like a, a northeast suburb, kind of northwest suburb of Toledo. But we were in South Toledo where I grew up since I was five, um, went to the same school since third through 12th grade, a small private Christian school called Toledo Christian. Um, and I loved it. It was great. I have, I'm a one of five siblings. So I'm right in the middle. I have an older sister, older brother, younger brother, younger sister. So one of each and, um, just count myself really lucky there. My siblings are like my best friends now, which is so fun. And we're all just tomboys and athletes and we just played sports. <laughs> Um, that's just kind of what we all did. We all grew up on the swim team and I did gymnastics and soccer and basketball and track and fell in love with volleyball and got the opportunity to play, um, division one volleyball in college. So, um, basically it was just practices and games and we all kind of did it together. We're all on the swim team together and that was super fun. Um, but just a really close knit family and, um, really involved in our church and in our school and, um, I haven't just had an awesome, blessed, really just cherished my childhood. It was great growing up in my, in my home. That sounds awesome. Um, all right. So a lot of focus, it sounds like, on sports, everybody being kind of into athletics. Was there yeah. any interest in the arts at all or crafting or like, do you get that from yeah. any of your background? Sure. Yeah. That's a good question. So my mom always um, had a sewing machine around when she didn't have five kids. I feel like she made like her first child was a girl and she would make dresses for her. And then like, let's be honest, who has time for such a thing when you have five kids? Probably a lot of people, but my mom was working and busy, but we always did have a sewing machine around. So I would like kind of just mess around and make really awesome scrunchies and stuff like that and like sell them to my friends, I feel like growing up, but nothing serious, no serious um, crafting. And then, yeah, my dad was really, both of them just had a, um, a just tried to w raise us to be well-balanced. So certainly an emphasis on like sports and athletics, but we were all required to play an instrument. Um, so I learned the trombone, which was like braces and 
junior high, like this big dented trombone that was my grandfather's. Like that was just a rough time <laughs> for me. But we, I appreciate that he wanted us to, you know, do more than just be out on the ball field or whatever. So, um, and then in high school, I sang in the choir all four years. And yeah, so my, like we all of us had to do something kind of in the arts, which I thought was really, now as an adult and raising my own family, I really appreciate that they made that an emphasis for us as we were growing up. That was a good idea. Yeah. Um, like you said, gives you kind of more of that well-rounded background. You're moving into yeah. a good. Yeah. So right. when you yeah. went to, when you went to college, um, yeah. What, what did you major in? So I was a communications major um, and minored in business and marketing. Um, and yeah, had the opportunity to play volleyball and that really afforded me just a lot of neat opportunities and, um, was really involved in like the student athlete association at our school and then, um, got some internships that were really helpful. And then I coached some club volleyball in college, um, which was great. I loved just being involved with the younger kids and kind of giving back to my sport. And that developed into um, just a babysitting relationship with one of the girls on my team and the parents were both really busy working. And so I got to know that family really well. And that kind of jumped into my first professional career by getting to know that family. And the um, father eventually hired me, not right out of college, but shortly thereafter into my first job. So just like networking and being really involved in internships and um yeah, just having a really busy college career that really kind of helped me take that first step after I graduated um, professionally. So that was great. I wasn't really involved in like anything artsy. I took a pottery class, I think, or two in college. That was fun. I did always have like this creative um, just outlet that's kind of been with me my whole life. I, you know, like used to write short stories, just weird little things as a kid. But um yeah, I've always kind of had that part of me as well as like the athlete side for sure. Okay. So, I mean, I can definitely see like, especially, you know, majoring in communications and marketing, like all of that I'm sure comes in handy now with your own business. Um, yeah. What was your, your first career after college? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, was Babysitting for this family, among you know other things, doing this internship with uh, Speedo, actually like the um, swimwear company. But I, you know, he thought I would be a really good fit. He was at the time a vice president for a medical device company, and thought I'd be a good kind of entry level. They were starting this new position to be kind of a support rep for their sales staff. So my whole senior year, he was kind of talking to me about this and like this is going to work out and this will be great. And, how do you feel about moving to Cincinnati or moving to Columbus? And so I was really like, great. That sounds awesome. Get a, you know, it was a really great job right out of school. Went to Columbus, looked for apartments, didn't actually sign a lease, but came really close. And then the day I walked across the stage to get my diploma, I found out I actually didn't get the job, which was just kind of heartbreaking because I had not explored any other opportunities. So I moved home to my parents' house, which was not the plan, but thankful that they, you know, let me do that. And I waited tables the summer after I graduated at Ruby Tuesdays, which was great. <laughs> salad bar, like every day. It was awesome. 
And um, in the fall, then I got a very entry level um, sort of cubicle job doing customer support and like kind of administrative assistant for a a small printing company. And that felt like a far cry away from the job that I thought I was going to get. And I was very thankful for the job, but sort of like, what is going on? This is not in a cubicle is not really where I envisioned myself. And no one ever really came into the office um, except like the window washer and the FedEx guy. So one day, I'll never forget just sitting in my little cubicle, not expecting anything happen in walks a super handsome guy dressed in a suit who was going to um, have lunch with my boss. So I run around the corner and just kind of scold him for not letting me know that a like single attractive looking guy was going to be in the office that day, or I would have like put the makeup on and put an effort into the day. And so um, they walk away and they go to lunch and I was like, Oh, what a bummer. Like he's so cute. I wish I would have a chance to talk to him. And he walked away with my boss ready to go to lunch. Like who is your cute receptionist? And fast forward 11 years, and that's my husband. So we met in that office, and I just didn't have any idea, like, why did I get this job? But if I would not have stayed in Toledo, I would not have met him. So I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And then a few, like, weeks, maybe, months, definitely not years after that meeting with my now husband, I did end up getting that medical device sales job, which, um, where I was at where I ended up working for seven years until I left there to become a stay-at-home mom. So all of it works out. I always try to like, whenever I meet like a 21 or 22-year-old kid who's just feeling lost, I'm like, hey, it'll be fine. Just keep going, you know? <laughs> Everything will work out for you. It totally will be fine. That's right. All right, so I have to ask uh, if, you're, if you can share or not, what medical device company was it? Yeah, sure. It was Boston Scientific. And I was in the neuromodulation division. So I worked with pain management physicians and neurosurgeons. And um, yeah, I loved, loved, loved it. It was an awesome job, but just became a little difficult for us for family life. Um, the, 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 the job required me to be in the operating room when the device I sold was being implanted, um, which was great, but just became like, you're completely at the mercy of the surgery schedule. So if the, you know, craniotomy ahead of you runs four hours instead of two, well, you're not going to be home for dinner, you know? Right. <laughs> and if they land a patient in in the morning and you thought you were going to be home in the morning to, you know, nurse your baby, well, that did, and it just worked out for us really well that I was able to be at home. And um, I just count myself super lucky to be able to do that. And I know that's not, what everybody can find themselves doing. So I, it's just been a major blessing to be home um, for the past just about eight years raising my boys. So, yeah. Yeah. I asked that because I have um, a background. I worked for a medical device company as well. Really? Yeah. I, I uh, for Nuvasive, they make um, spine implements. Okay. Yeah. So I started. You're probably I work- calling on some of the same positions maybe I mean same kind of positions yeah yeah I I was in the quality department there um oh okay I got to I got to see kind of you know basically what the marketing team did and sales team did and honestly honestly looking at it from the outside I was like that's a job I never want to have because oh really you're never home like 
they were, yeah. I mean, the same thing, you know, they were, they would go in, uh, into surgery with the surgeons when, uh, yeah. a new product was being, um, put in or they had sure. obtained like a new surgeon to use the product. Uh huh. So yeah, it was always, uh, one of those things, like I was kind of grateful that I didn't have to do that. But then on the flip side, I also sure. know that I think almost any job within the medical device industry, um, you work a lot of hours. Like it's just not, you do. It's not super conducive to having kids um, and being it's able to not. Be yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know lots of awesome moms who do it and kudos to them. Like they like impressed me so much that they, I just, <laughs> I just couldn't juggle it myself. I just wasn't doing mm-hmm. well, like in any arena. I feel like I was failing everywhere. So it was just time for me to try to figure out something else. So, but yeah, it's, yeah, demanding for sure. Yeah. And, and I feel you on that. Like I, that's where I was working when, when, um, I had my oldest and, um, I was working there until we moved back, uh, from California to Iowa, but it was, I was, he was about six months old and I was like just starting to have those conversations with my managers there of like, okay, I feel like I'm failing at being a mom and failing at, yeah being good at my job because I'd rather be home with my baby than here yeah. when I'm here and all those things. So yeah. Yep. I totally understand. And then my poor husband is just like, I'd whine about being home. <laughs> if I was home for the day, yeah. I'd whine about being out. When yep. I was home for the day. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. So. Yeah. All right. Totally so relate. exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, in your intro, it sounded like you've been, uh, making the the leather bags for two years? Actually, it will be three. Um, it was three just this past May, three years. Okay. Yeah. Is that right? What are we in, 2019? Yeah, three years. It started in 2016. Okay. Um, yeah. So when you got started, when you made that first bag with your with your little ones, like, you know, PJ mm-hmm. stuff as the interior liner. Did you have any intent on, on turning it into a business? So, yes, actually. Um, my brother at the time was living in Columbus and working with um, a business called A Carpenter's Son. They make beautiful furniture. And at the, it was it's a good buddy of his that started it. And at the time, they were making, like, cutting boards to raise money for their adoption. Well, that turned into like furniture for them. And it was just kind of at the time, at least for me, I didn't know a lot of people like using Instagram to have businesses. And I just was like kind of fascinated by what they were doing. And um, I had left my job, but still just, I just had this itch to kind of have something of my own at home. Um, you know, raising babies is incredible and so much work. And I think harder <laughs> in most, most days than what I was doing in medical device sales. But I just kind of wanted like an outlet that was just mine. So I was kind of on the hunt for like, what could I do or sell or make or whatever? It was just really intriguing to me that they were, you know, just reaching people on this social media app. And selling things. I just thought it was awesome. So I was kind of on the hunt. And then 
kind of had this idea of why don't I make these bags? I scoured Etsy and looked all over to make sure no one else was doing anything like that. And I couldn't find anything. And I was like, surely I'm not the only person that thinks that this is kind of a neat idea. And so I just, yeah, started from there is kind of how it went for me. Okay. Uh, So how did you decide, I guess, what was, how did you decide to go with leather for the outside? Yeah, I just felt like if I'm going to put something that felt sacred to me, like a onesie or, you know, a baby's blanket or something um, that I don't want to get ruined, I want to put it inside a medium that could last forever if it's, you know, taken care of and not used every single day. And so I started thinking like, they should just be like clutches, like date night, wedding, you know, guest or something that you would use on a special occasion type of clutch that you could literally take care of and condition and oil and keep forever. So that was sort of the original idea. And then I started making them and people wanted more of an everyday kind of bag so I do, I have a variety of styles that I offer now, but the original thought was like, if I put this inside something like leather, like nice, full grain, high quality, then it could be something that people can use for a lifetime. Had you had any previous experience of working with leather? Zero. like none so I remember like I'm gonna try this like this surely can't be that hard and other people sew leather so I can figure it out and buying like a half hide of leather and it's feeling like I mean it was expensive it is expensive leather's not cheap and being like just I can't believe I'm doing this this was, was terrifying to cut into and I at the time I just had my mom's little home machine so I, you know, YouTubed and Googled, like, how do I sew leather on a home machine? We'll buy these needles and do this. And I just ruined <laughs> so much leather and lots of tears and just frustration and kind of made a few things. None of it was even remotely good. And um, then kind of realized, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to need an industrial sewing machine. So I have a lady I know who's fabulous. She's a um, reupholsterer, like upholstery, works in that world, which is totally different. She's so talented. And I knew she had like a ton of machines. So I started talking to her like, you know, do you have anything that might work for what I'm trying to do? And she did. So I bought a machine from her for a few hundred dollars, which felt like, oh my gosh, such a leap. But I still sew on it like all the time. It's an awesome, it's a jukey industrial walking foot sewing machine. And um, I have now, I have four machines actually now, but yeah, just basically, I feel like you can learn anything these days on the internet. <laughs> like there's so much information out there and the leather working community, like this on Instagram is amazing, like so kind, so helpful and have just given me pointers and tips and I am by no means like, and like, there's so much room for me to grow, but it's fun for me to look back at where I started. Like, this is an idea I have, and I think I can do this and I am going to try to work it out. So I'm still working it out and getting better. But um, yeah, I just kind of thought other people are doing this. So I'll figure it out, you know? 
Yeah, and I agree. I mean, there's so many resources out there. Um, yeah. Did you do you have any local resources you work with though on on learning how to do different uh, stitches or different things with the leather? Yeah, I have a. There's a sewing machine store. It's called Toledo Industrial Sewing, and I bought two machines from them, and they are like. It, I first time I walked in, I was like, "Oh my goodness, where am I?" It's like stepping into like this—I don't even know—time warp. And they just have like it's like a like a huge room of just old machines that they restore and buy and then fix up and yeah, sell. And then they do sell new machines as well. But they are like—I don't even know—the sewing machine gods, and they know everything and really helpful and have thread that I get and you know all sorts of little tools and um like they're the people to ask and then yeah locally not so much anyone else that's sewing leather all most of those relationships have just been um through Instagram people that I've worked up the courage to ask (laughs) questions like hey I'm new to this would you mind telling me how did you do that and like what's happened and then a lot of it's just been trial and error and things haven't worked or you know, something I've had to fix on a bag and I'm like, oh, and let me research this problem and kind of figure it out and change it as I go. Okay. Um, Where do you source your leather from? That's a great question too. So I, um, there's a a tannery. Well, they don't actually tan their own leather, but I get it from North Carolina um, called a leather hide store and they, have full grain, just a beautiful leather, um, and they're fantastic to work with. And it's a, it takes forever. Um, that doesn't take forever. They're super fast to ship. But like I was kind of looking at new leathers recently and trying to switch up some of my lines and colors. And there's just a whole long, without getting into like too many like details, just a big variety of things that are available. And so, you know, you get samples, no one's local that I can like drive to, at least no one that I found stuff that I like is local. So, um, you got to drive or you got to, you know, order samples and then, okay, I don't like this. Do you have anything that's more like this? And it's kind of a long back and forth process. So yeah, they, and then there's other places that I've gotten things. Um, there's a place in New York where I've gotten some suede from, it's called district leather. And there's a place, um, on an Oregon that I've gotten things from as well and they just ship it all right to your doorstep. So pretty cool. Okay. So I'm going to show my ignorance with leather right now. You keep saying, full <laughs> gra- you say full grain leather. So what does that mean? Yeah. It just is a quality. Um, it's just like there's top grain and there's, it's, there's not been as much done to the animal, to the cow, most it's all like cow hide what I sew my bags with. Um, so there are like some imperfections and some um, like net, like let's say the cow is grazing in a field and kind of scraped up against the fence. Well, you might see like some of that in the leather, and so it's not stuffed with things to be like finished um, and not like glossy. And you know, there'll be like um, I'm trying to think of I don't even because I'm not like a bag shopper because I just have never been and now that I can make my own bags um but some of the stuff you see even has like logos printed on it well all of those are like filled with 
the leather is kind of filled with like waxes and oils and stuff to make it able to print on it. So this is just more of a natural product. And um, I love the look. It's a little bit more like distressed and a little more rugged looking and kind of fits in my brain, at least of what I'm trying to go for, which is just like forever, lifetime and just more natural looking. And I mean, is that, have you worked with that product from the start? Like that's where you went yes. with? Okay. Right away. I just kind of knew I wanted like a good high quality um, and not, you know, something that, and there's, there's lots of varieties out there. And I don't want to speak poorly of like any, you know, whatever other people are using is great. Just for me, I just like the look and it's just kind of a, my decision. Um, and people have asked me to do other things, other leathers. And I just kind of sticking in my lane of what I like because there's so many different varieties. I feel like if I got too far, you know, off of my lane, it would just be hard to like figure out what I even wanted to do. So yeah, I'm just sticking with what I know and what I like and have done that from day one. Okay. Have you ever done anything with like, I don't even know if there's a market out there for it, but like, um, like salvaged leather from, you know, I don't know, old train cars and that kind of thing or. Yeah, I haven't. And I know there are people that do some cool stuff with like repurposed Mm -hmm. things, but no, I haven't done anything in that, in that field at all. Okay. Um, And then, so is all, are all of the products you make start with a customer basically? Like somebody's reaching out to you, says I have this onesie that I want to use for a liner or do you also like just kind of make a generic line of bags? Yeah, that's a great question. So I do make both. I'd say probably 75% of my business is custom. People send me their stuff that they want inside of the bag, but I do offer just like a plain ivory fabric liner or a plain olive, those two colors right now. Um, If you just like the style of bag and you know, the different styles that I do have on my site, but don't have anything necessarily sentimental um, Mm -hmm. that I do make just bags with fabric liners, plain fabric liners too. Hello, Maker Moms. This week's episode is sponsored by Carolina Boots. As most of you know, one of the most important tools a maker can have is a good pair of work boots. Carolina Boots has been making safety footwear for Maker Moms since 1963. And you can get 10% off your very own pair by visiting carolinashoe.com and using coupon code MAKERMOM10 at checkout. These boots are made for function, not fashion, and they are built for her work. Yeah. Okay. Now, as far as like on the kind of on the business end of things, so do you solely like sell through your website? Are you selling off of Instagram, Facebook, Etsy, all of it? (laughs) Yeah, I haven't. I started on Etsy. um, And then about a year and a half ago, I um, have my own website through Shopify. It's just rootedleather.com. And um, I have been since Mother's Day, our family recently moved, like not far, just a little in our same little um, suburb. But probably since Mother's Day, since we were like, all right, we're going to buy this house and then we're going to get our house staged and now we're selling our house and now we're moving. 
I have been terrible at posting and my kids are all home and no one's napping anymore. So I am on Instagram and Facebook, but not posting um, very much at all right now. But yeah, a lot of my people, uh, my business has come through just, you know, getting on Instagram, seeing my post and then clicking on my site and then going through, um, through the social media outlets you know, filtering them to my website to make purchase. Okay. Um, Yeah. So is that something you kind of had to teach yourself or did you, or did, was there, I guess, a a leg up with having a background in marketing? Um, So no, I totally taught myself. I feel like it didn't really, it did not exist when I was in college. Um, I mean, marketing principles, certainly, but in the actual app, I definitely taught myself and Instagram is like such a great thing. And it's also very difficult for me. Like there's been many times where I just wanted to like hire that out to have someone run my social media for me because I'm just, it's really hard for me to be, you know, on schedule and have prepared content and have captions ready um i just find it to be a constant struggle and i know that the app has changed a lot kind of recently with algorithms and all that stuff um so it's yeah it's like a blessing and a curse you know i think every maker can kind of relate to appreciate what it's capable of and what it can do and it's kind of like propelled many people into like unbelievable business, but you do have to work at it. And it is, it can become very consuming um, for me at least to just stay up on it and, you know, comment and post others, you know, all the time and at the same time of day. And it's like, oh, ah! it just, it's, it's can be overwhelming for me. So I'm kind of stepping back a little bit um, from it. Some of it's been just because of our family circumstances and me, you know, being a stay-at-home mom and getting everybody ready to move the end of school year. and But also now it's becoming more intentional just as my kids are home, um, not wanting to be on it a ton. But all of it's been, yeah, self-taught and um, just trial and mostly air, if I'm being honest. And well, that didn't work well or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to kind of try to navigate those waters as I've tried to grow my business. Yeah, the I always feel like the social media aspect of it is probably more than a full-time job all on its own. <laughs> for sure. It yeah. for sure can be, absolutely. Um all right, so I have to ask as I mean you kind of brought it up especially now during the summertime, how are you managing being an active mom and a maker and a yeah. woman all at the same time? Yeah, I would say not well. <laughs> Most days. I mean, it is, um, it's super hard. I think for me right now at this, like, what are we? It's J- July 2nd. I, um, my kids are all home and I don't have nappers and I have one more year until they're all in school full time. So in, you know, middle of August, I'll go back. I'll have the third grader and I'll have the first grader and I'll have a preschooler who will be. Um, three mornings a week for two and a half hours, like at preschool. And I'm just going to 
really try to make that my work time. So there's not, I mean, for me, my bags take a while to make it. I just not that much I can get done um, in two and a half hours, three days a week. But that's just kind of what I'm going to use for my business. And then I feel like, okay, he'll be in school and I will not get that time back, you know, with him specifically. Um, and I want to just take full advantage of this last year before I enter a new stage of motherhood where all my kids are school age. And I feel like then it's like, all right, I can, you know, have a little more freedom of my schedule and really try to go after it. But these, this kind of led me here the past three years is just um, realizing that like when I am really like Christmas and Mother's Day are really busy for me. A lot of people do um, buy my bags as gifts for people. I am like, where's mom? She's in the basement sewing. And mom, can you tuck me in and snuggle with me tonight? I'm so sorry. I can't. I have to get this order out tomorrow. And like, can you do that? I cannot. I'm so sorry. You know, I have to get this done. Like, I just don't want to say that anymore <laughs> at least not for the next um year while i can and then um i just have the ability i think to kind of step back and i'm going to try to do that and focus a little bit more on my family and take continue to take orders as i can um and as they come in wonderful and get them done when i can and i have awesome customers who are really patient with me and getting their stuff back to them and you know try to get like a timeline when someone orders um like how soon do you need this back is this for a birthday or you know some kind of gift like when the date where you definitely need it and so that communication has really helped to kind of manage um my you know just my cue and getting things out when they need to but yeah it's a constant you know shuffling and balancing and kind of gut check of like how am I doing and are the most important things for me, the most important in my spending the time, you know, if my, if I say that I want, you know, my kids to be the most important, well, like, how am I juggling that? And it doesn't mean that like, they can't be told no, because they certainly can. And like, Hey, are you using this as a stalling tactic to not go to bed? Or do you actually want to hang out? Because <laughs> let's talk about like, what, what are the reasons, you know, that you're asking me to like, spend more time at night. Um, so yeah, it's a constant shuffling, juggling act. And I by no means have figured it out. Um, but just trying to, you know, figure out each day the best I can. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's what a lot of us do, right? Is basically in survival mode. How do we get through? Yeah. Through the day and make sure that, um, we're focusing on what we feel is the most important thing to the best of our ability. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There's no crystal ball and there's nope. no roadmap <laughs> and it's just everybody's doing the best they can. And I mean, I think there's a lot of value in, you know, pursuing something that is important to us, like moms to, to us like that. I think there's like really good things about that. And kids, my kids, I know can see like, Oh, well mom, you know, is, she's rooted leather and people like really like her bags and they've, you know, been able to see me do some shows and things and, you know, have my products be warmly received. And I think that's really important as well. So it's not to say that like, if you're not, you know, telling your kid a two hour bedtime story every night, you're doing it wrong. Like that is not how I feel, but I do feel like 
there have been times where I said no to things for them that I should have probably said yes to, but I get so like lost in the fog of my business. It's hard for me sometimes to like, you know, prioritize right. So it's tricky. Yep. yep. So what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? Um, for sure. Just when people like love their bags, I've, one thing I didn't really anticipate or think would happen, um, people send me a lot of um, like bereavement pieces, like articles of clothing or things of people who are no longer with us. And that has been really hard and really emotional for me. And honestly, like there've been lots of times where I've been really like, I want to send this back. Like I can't possibly cut into this fabric. What if I messed it up? And what if, like, it's just a lot of pressure, but it's so rewarding when I send it back and, um, you know, brings them to tears and sometimes, um, yeah, just like really special videos I've been sent and just emails and cards about how, you know, this has been kind of part of the healing process for people sometimes. And that's been really, really special and, um, kind of kept me going when I'm like, why am I doing this? This is, you know, not really worth it. And this is so hard. Um, but that feedback has been really, really sweet to me. And I like really cherish it when people take the time to come back and tell me like how much their silly bag, you know, has meant to them. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have necessarily thought about that either with the yeah. pieces, but it makes total sense. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause just like with our little ones, you know, uh, there's something sentimental about certain pieces when people pass as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part about being a mom? Gosh, that's such a great question. Um, my favorite part of being mom. And I think watching my kids do things that, um, maybe it's hard for them or maybe at one time they were scared to do um, and watching them kind of overcome and conquer things is really fun. Um, we're, we believe in Jesus and watching them grow and just kind of grow in their faith and treat people kindly in the things that we're trying to teach them and the Bible and the way, you know, that God would have us live our lives. So little victories there are really fun. I was um, actually looking through my Instagram like a while ago, posting a picture or a comment or something. Maybe it was a Facebook post. doesn't matter. Um, just about in my rear view mirror, like the morning getting ready for school was terrible. I think someone gave someone a bloody nose and everybody's yelling, you know, trying to get everybody in the car to go. And then my rear view mirror, like dropping the kids off at carpool and seeing my second, my then second grader, like, help my kindergartner get his backpack on and make sure his water bottle's in the right spot. And he's got a soccer ball for recess and just like, Oh, thank you, God. Like <laughs> they are growing and they do love each other and like just help them to, you know, grow up to love you and love the people in their community and be good leaders. And so, yeah, I think the things that we pray for, like watching God, you know, start to change them and shape their little hearts and watching them do hard things um, and conquer them is, super rewarding makes you feel like okay like 
they are going to, you know, turn out okay, hopefully. And they are, you know, becoming these great little men. And that's been fun to see. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I know what you mean about, <laughs> especially when it's a especially rough morning, getting ready. Yeah. Mornings, mornings are just tough during the school year. They really uh, are. <laughs> yeah. They uh, really are. I think like yeah. everyone all around the world, like <laughs> being honest, mornings can just be hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've, I've loved those sweet moments too, where I like look back and, you know, without me asking and seeing like, my son who's he'll be going into first grade and my daughter who's in preschool mm -hmm. he'll just like you know reach over and like kiss her hand or give her you know yeah help her get something or whatever without me having to ask and it's like that's just right super sweet and rewarding to see that so sweet yeah absolutely for sure so what's something that you really hope that your kids learn from watching you, you know, being a maker and an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think just that um, you're, you're capable of doing things that seem hard or seem like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Well, you can go learn how to do that. I remember like when I told my family about the idea, my brother-in-law, who is like my brother, he's fantastic, like such a great guy telling him and he's in the business world and he's like, that's a cool idea. And I'm like, so who will sell the bags? And I was like, well, I will like without even thinking like, of course I will. And he looked at me like, well, you don't sell. Like, how would you possibly do that? You know, <laughs> like that's not a skill set you really have besides making scrunchies when you were a kid that looked terrible. Um, he, not wasn't being like critical or mean he just was kind of like well you don't sell like how would you do that and I was like well like you teach yourself so I think that I would love for my boys to take that from it that if there's an idea that you have don't let you know a lack of knowledge or even a lack of skill hold you back like go figure out how to do it like be a doer and go figure out how to make it happen and I want them to be equipped be confident um, that they can do things that seem tricky or seem not something they currently know how to do. And I would love for them to just um, enjoy what they're doing. Like not everybody is blessed to be able to kind of pursue dreams or ideas. Like I get that. Sometimes you have to just like put food on the table and work two or three jobs to make that happen. And that's real. And that may be one of the, my guys, like that might be their life. But if there is the opportunity for them to pursue something that they kind of want to, and they can enjoy working and doing, I would love for them to have that opportunity in life to just um, enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy what, you know, maybe provides for their family someday and not have to do something maybe that they don't want to do, but works for them. I would love for them to have that freedom. Um, to be able to pursue their interests. Yeah, I think to me, like the core there is just for them to understand that, like you said, they can learn how to do almost anything. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're, you know, talking with another mom who wants to tackle a new skill, like making or yeah. DIY or, or whatever it might be, but is hesitant to get started, 
what would be some um, advice or words of encouragement you would give them? Um, just to like, it's a definite marathon, not a sprint. I think because of these social media platforms, like we've talked about, it's so like, it makes it look like, oh, you just start a business and you post a picture and you have 20,000 followers and you have a six figure income. Boom. Easy. Like that's kind of how I feel like sometimes that trap is really easy to fall into. I know that I do that comparison game a ton in my own head. And honestly, since I haven't been on Instagram much recently, it's way better and I feel way healthier with it. But not to compare yourself with other people and just to take small steps. So like what small step could you do in your marathon and not your sprint today? Like, could you get a tool that you need to buy to make your thing? Then great, go purchase that tool. And could you watch a bit tutorial today, like set aside two hours or whatever the tutorial is on YouTube so you can learn your craft a little better? Like, great, set time aside to do that. And not like, oh, shoot, I don't have 20,000 followers today. I only have 200. Well, like, that's incredible that you have 200 people who are interested in what you want to do. Like, that's fantastic. So, yeah, just stay in your lane and take small actionable steps and just to keep going you know when and it's okay to have I mean I'm preaching to myself here for sure but it's okay to have seasons in your business and right now I'm in a super slow season because I want to take my kids to the pool and I want to play board games with them and not say no because it's summer (laughs) you know and it's okay to have seasons and cycles to your business and just to keep if it's what you really want just stay on the course and keep taking steps and, you know, wherever it leads is great. And there's no right or wrong. It's just what you're able to do. And that's like a lot of things and a lot of like very cliche things. But I feel like that's like what I keep telling myself, like stay in my lane. It's a marathon and just take small steps towards my goals. I I think that is awesome advice. And I'll probably find myself like, going back to that advice frequently because like you, I also tend to um, do the comparison game and pretty much, pretty much the only person who loses in that scenario is you. So. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Absolutely. And then, yeah, social media has really like brought us together. It made the world, I think, feel really small and there's so many good things about it. But yeah, one of the major pitfalls is comparison and it's very, there's just zero good that can come from that, you know, like no one else has my husband and my family and my family's needs and my kids' personalities. Nobody else does. So like, how could I possibly compare myself to the person next to me whose day looks totally different than mine because of the people that like God has put in my family? Like there's just, there's no good that can come from it really. Exactly. All right. Well, are there any other, um, maker moms or maker women that you'd like to kind of shout out that have inspired you? Oh gosh. Um, so many, what a doozy of a question. I feel like (laughs) I'm going to leave somebody out, but, um, I for sure want to say hi and shout out to my friend Steph from little mug shots. She's a silhouette artist, does like the traditional black and white, like silhouette arts of your kids. Um, 
she's currently living in Germany. Her husband's in the army. She's awesome. We just met in, on social media on Instagram. And twice a year, she and I make silhouette lined leather bags. So she makes the fabric of like your kiddos silhouettes. And then we put that inside of the bags and they're really popular. We sell out whenever we offer them, but she's um, super talented. She's just like done great things with, instead of like, she does paper cut silhouettes. And I have them hanging in my house of my kids, but she does like necklaces and bracelets and she does tie clips and cufflinks for men and all sorts of just really cool products. So she's really talented. And um, she and I, have met in real life now just through our friendship we struck up from Instagram and yeah, she's great. Um, I actually have quite a few like local maker mom friends, which is awesome because we can like commiserate (laughs) and swap, you know, war stories and encourage each other and what's working and what's not. Um, my friend Christine, she has a business of, she does a lot of like wooden signs and string art. Um, and she's made with love by teen is her business name. Um, you're going to have to cut me off. I'm going to just try to do like two or three more. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I have a really good friend. Her name is Libby. She just local. Um, she's a, she makes incredible cookies, like 17 second cookies is her business. And if you don't live in Toledo or Northwest Ohio, I'm so sorry for you, but she does like frozen cookies that you put in your microwave for 17 seconds and then you have like a hot fresh cookie and they are unbelievable she's super 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 talented cook um my friend margie margie jewelry she makes i have her like a necklace and a bracelet on of hers right now um but she's really talented um who am i missing i'm gonna miss people um (laughs) And this is not someone I know, like, personally, but Candace Jones, um, she does the Jones Market Jewelry. I don't know if you follow her at all, but she's pretty big time. She's very big time. And um, she, I just opened Instagram and she, like, her was the first thing that popped up <laughs> on my feed. But um, she just makes beautiful, like, wooden beads, like, teething and necklaces. I think that's how it started, but it's kind of branched off. and. Um, perfect for mamas, like pretty for all, I think is kind of her tagline, but she's been a big inspiration to me, like from afar, like I don't know her, but just watching her business grow and her story. And she's just like very real and just a super cool follow. So she's great. But yeah, I mean, I love that I have so many people that I can kind of like follow and watch and see their success and them grow. And um, it's just been fun to see and kind of get to know people on Instagram a little bit and like watch what they're doing and really encouraging like lots of women in my life that I can call on as friends and sort of follow their business. It's super cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for all the great shout outs. Um, you, you didn't go over a limit. I promise you. Okay, great. <laughs> There's so many people I could have kept going, but yeah, I don't want to be like the most obnoxious podcast interview ever so (laughs) (laughs) um all right well for those who are going to listen to the episode who aren't already following along with you uh how can they follow along with you and find you on all of the uh interwebs 
Yeah. So my um, Instagram profile is rooted, R-O-O-T-E-D underscore leather. And then on Facebook, I'm just rooted leather. Um, I don't, I think I actually do have a Twitter, but I, <laughs> I never really posted anything to it. So I'm not even worried about that. Um, and then, yeah, my website is rootedleather.com. Um, if you want to check out my site and my stuff and yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. And I'll include uh, links to all of those in the show notes so people can get there directly. And Great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Emily, for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you. I appreciate you so much um, having me on here. It's really nice of you. And just I think what you're doing is really cool. Um, it's great to just listen to other people's stories and what's working and what's not or what's been fun or what's been hard. So, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I think it's really cool. Thank you. Again, that was Emily with Rooted Leather, and I will make sure to include all the links to follow along with her in the show notes. And if you want the quickest access possible to the show notes for this episode and all the other past episodes, please remember to follow along with the podcast on Instagram. That's at Maker Mom Podcast. Super easy. Link in bio will take you to show notes. Also, uh, there's a link there to take you to the opportunity to fully join the tribe uh, over on Patreon. There's all kinds of different tiers and levels to join with the lowest being just a dollar a month. Uh, which gives you early access to the show, access to the online Maker Mom podcast meetups. And if you do the $5 a month, you get a free t-shirt and cool stickers. So there you go. I think it's well worth it. So if you're interested, make sure you're just following along on Instagram at Maker Mom podcast and also if you love the show as much as I love making the show please make sure that you go over to uh, iTunes give it a five-star review uh, leave a raving review that helps other people find the podcast Uh, so yeah there you go all right until next week I will see you later happy fourth of July Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.